This episode is brought to you by Factor Meals. It certainly is because eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. If you're somebody like me who cannot cook to save their little lives, it's a game changer. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in, wait for it, just two minutes. Plus, you'll have over 35 options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You can pick from two-minute meals where you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. With pancakes, smoothies, and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And Factor Meals are ready to heat and eat. They're ready. There's no prepping. There's no cooking. There's no chopping up veggies. None of that stuff. If you're like me and you're busy, whack on a podcast, whack these in, and they're ready to go. Nothing for you to do. No cleanup either. And the great thing is it's flexible for your schedule. So you can get as much or as little as you need when choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime if anything changes. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. So sign up and save. Factor is less expensive than takeaway and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. So head to factormeals.com slash TWTW50 and use code TWTW50 to get 50% off. That's code TWTW50 at factormeals.com slash TWTW50 to get 50% off. Hello, I'm Grongy Maguire and this is Chantelle Fiducian Pate. Hello. bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler, and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. Every week we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. So take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the the way they were. Hi Chantelle. Hi Grania. how are you? (laughs) I'm good. God, it's a shame it's been such a quiet week in the world of showbiz. I was thinking, I was like, what the hell are we going to talk about today? So I think we might just whiz through this and just nothing's happened. No celebrity couple drama at all. I guess, let's talk about any nature news or sports you've heard about or anything. Clocks going Oh yeah, the clocks. The clocks went forward for England. So that's pretty much it. I think. So anyways, who's our guest this week? (laughs) (laughs) So we were there together when we were in the room when it happened together. We were in the room when the greatest, the slap heard around the world happened. Grania was sat with me in the room. You were at my Oscars party. The first of many I expect you to attend. Describe the atmosphere in the room, Grania. So so first of all, context. Me and Chantal, no, me and Chantal, Chantal has this Oscars party where she was, she's able to get recorded as live footage of the award ceremony from America because, uh, spoiler alert, Chantal is American and um, we all watch it together. But the strict rule is so, total social media blackout from the night before so nobody knows who the winners so are. So we had just watch it. no idea what was going on. No None context. of us had any idea anything. All I'd heard was from my beloved sister-in-law saying best Oscars ever and I just thought, well, the big show's back, you know, post-COVID, this is going to be a great show. None of us had any idea what was coming our way. And we were just like, oh, well, this is fun. Oh, we've got a feeling Coda might do well this evening. Mm-hmm. Innocent babies. Innocent. We were innocent children. It seems so long ago now. And then little Chris Rock goes on stage. Your footage cuts out. We have to reload the whole thing again. We're back. Chris Rock, he's presenting documentary. We're like, oh, I really like Summer of Soul. Oh, they do well. He does this quite sort of like off the cup. Now, this is the thing I have to say. Using my knowledge of working on award shows, I would be extremely suspicious that joke, the joke that he made, 
that launched a thousand, you know, discussions about Jada Pinkett Smith. So wait, should we do context? So sorry, Chris Rock. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I mean, I, well, to be fair, by the time oh this God, comes out, by the time this comes out on Friday, we recorded this on Tuesdays, guys. By the time this mm. comes out on Friday. I mean, so much could have changed by then anyways, but I think everyone yeah. listening to our podcast had better had seen this goddamn clip, all right? I don't even want to engage with having to tell them what he said. You should know if you're a listener of this podcast, okay? You should Stop damn well know. Stop listening now. Stop listening now. <laughs> but I think I know what you're getting at. You don't think he wrote it. I don't think he wrote that joke. No, 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 no. I think the opposite. I 100 because I've worked on award shows and I have, my job was doing the specific citations and that's the presenter okay. comes out and is like the award for best cinematography blah 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 and I cannot emphasize how many processes you have to go through the amount of layers the amount of people have to sign off every I single see where you're going thing with this. that gets said so the, I it does not make sense that somebody would have slipped a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's hair through that process and for it to be up there I, it that's has very, to have been it, it has to have been cuff. off the cuff it had to have been 100%. very well done Gloria. that's very true of course they had to go through so many people to be approved and I'm not even sure many of us knew that she was rocking a bald look at the time or anything so I find it I'm, you've completely convinced me he just came up with that and it sounded the way he delivered it thinking about it was very kind of off the cuff he just saw her in front of him and said it that's such a specific Chris Rock line and even the way he delivered it, I think maybe the rest was all scripted and blah, blah, blah. But that was definitely... I, I would put money that that was an improvised line. With something as big as the Oscars, I just... You can't riff. Like, it would have been so scripted. Okay, okay. Anything with a teleprompter would have been scripted just for legal, so many different layers so well, I, for good reason, as we saw it, <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> Just little hint, guys. Don't don't go off the cuff, and this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> but what what did you think? What what's your take a an, a day after? To put it very bluntly, I'll, my main thoughts are: I don't ever condone violence in any form at all. But if I was to condone violence, it would be between two very rich men in tuxedos at essentially their office party because one of them made a bad joke about the other one's wife's hair. That's basically the one time I'd be... It does, this is, it doesn't really matter on the grander scheme of social, cultural politics that I think it's being given. I think it just kind of made, if nothing else unbelievably great television which cannot be denied which is what the oscars have needed for years they've wanted to be great yeah. television yeah that was my main t- at the end of the day i just found it if nothing else completely compelling what about you i i got such dread from watching it because it reminded me because i just thought how much you know will smith his whole like career of the past 10 years has been working towards this night like he's been campaigning to be king of Hollywood his whole career like from teenager from the Fresh Prince he was like I want to be the biggest star in the world king of Hollywood and he has it in his grasp he's been winning all the best uh, best actor awards he was the absolute firm favorite he knew this was his night and to sabotage it like that and to distract from his achievement and the stories of the the Williams sisters, it just really reminded me of like when, you know, you're in your early 20s, you spent ages planning a party and you're going to kiss this guy at this party. It's going to be the best night of your life. And then you get so nervous, you drink too much vodka and then you pass out at six o'clock and then you you wake up, it's one in the morning and everybody's gone and all your friends are mad at you. It's the equivalent, it's the equivalent of, you know how the best nights out are the unplanned ones and the big plan tonight's out or the ones everything goes wrong. This is like mm. that in a nutshell. But I totally yeah. agree. That's a great analogy that it was like getting dulled up for your big date and then just getting too drunk on pre-gaming. That was it. Waking up, everybody's mad at you and there's a basin by your bed. But let's be honest, very quickly, I mean, was it or was it not the best Oscars ever as a result? I mean, it wasn't bad. It, it was, wasn't up there with um, Parasite winning, but it was close. It was pretty damn memorable. I mean, that was... I'm glad we were there to see it together, Grainne, you and I. Speaking of memorable moments in entertainment... Mm, well done, well done. We're about to experience one, experience one right now. Also connected to America, it is the incredible comedian, comedy writer... 
She's very big in America. It is the fantastic Amy Hoggart. The way they were. Our guest tonight, honestly, she is just one of the the best talents, genuinely, I think UK comedy has produced over the last few years. She is just an incredible performer, a brilliant writer. She, you may recognise her from being a correspondent on the incredible Samantha Bee, but she is just a joy. She's the biggest British export to hit America since... Since I came here as the biggest American export to hit Britain. Yeah. She's my polar opposite. She's, it was an exchange program. <laughs> it was. You guys really got the bad end of the deal here, but oh well. That's classic America. <laughs> Take this shit and give us your goods. <laughs> she is the Robbie Williams of comedy. If Robbie Williams had had a successful career in the US. She is <laughs> what Robbie Williams thought he would be in America. <laughs> Get ready for her to entertain you. It's the incredible Amy Hoggers. Hi, Amy. Hi. Hi, Amy. Just realised my screen's really dirty. I don't know how. Sorry. This is a great oh start. So you... How are you? <laughs> Can you give me one second? It looks like the old Elizabeth Taylor white diamonds yeah. perfume advert. That's a very old reference, but she had like Vaseline on the screen to like yes, sort to of look recreate nice. airbrushing. So that's it's the like vibe the I got. Is that the opposite of HD, where you sort can of, see yeah, like, like yeah. how much sleep someone had the night before? <laughs> it's very Drag Race season one. Yeah, oh, yeah, very that vibe. Drag Race yeah. series one. And Amy, we're a very romantic podcast. Do you think, are you a romantic person? I mean, there are different ways to be romantic, right? Mm-hmm. So in a conventional sense, no. But, I mean, I can be cute, but I, I wouldn't do a big show. I wouldn't like splash roses at someone and the few times someone's done a big gesture for me it's it's always backfired what but, was the worst what was the what happened oh no that sounds like i'm just showing off <laughs> i remember having i remember having this boyfriend i don't know about you guys but i think i only became a nice person re- like relatively recently <laughs> so i was like 20 or something and we just got back together because but in the middle of a night out where I was with someone else, we'd gone back together. And then it was Valentine's Day and I was treating him so badly. And he woke me up by like s- scattering rose petals on my face. But Is that nice? They, <laughs> no, because there were a lot of them. And he, st- he like stood on the bed and like dropped them on me. So it really woke me up with it's quite a lot of force. I know I sound like a that sounds petrifying. Like, pre- princess in the pee, but it was a lot. And he'd written like, Amy, I love you, like in these big letters on the like... A, a hanging from the ceiling and I was so angry he'd woken me I was like I don't have lectures for another two hours I went back to sleep for another hour like don't ever like hit me like that again in the face when all he'd done is anyway so no he I sounds didn't... horrible I would have left I would have left that day give me a bloody bouquet what the fuck is that Thank no you. I'm not into that it's no, like, you're like welcome. Valentine's Day at the sh- you know the hotel from the shining that is yeah. the yeah <laughs> Like probably his dad told him to do it or something. I bet his dad told him like in a really classy way. He got all confused and just didn't really know what was going on. Yeah, or he just like panicked and threw all the yeah. like, fell over <laughs> and the flowers ended up and on then my just face. Thought, oh, I know, I'll make this work for her to throw them on her face. That girls love yeah. that. <laughs> but Hopefully you he's learned good. better by now. Yeah, you did a good thing because if you had been polite and been like, oh my yeah. god, this is so romantic, <laughs> then the next girlfriend he's with, he'll be like, yeah. what's wrong with you? Girls love this. Girls love I'm this. I'm always yeah, so thinking well. about the next girlfriend. I've done a lot of women a lot of favours and Same. they're very welcome. No, that is romantic, Amy. That is romantic. Yeah. Thinking of the next yeah. girlfriend. So you are a romantic, really. Maybe not for yourself, yeah. but for future women. Future relationships yeah. that I'm not in. Yeah. That's right. Sure. Yeah. That <laughs> still counts. So you brought along a very special couple, but Chantel yes. doesn't know who they are. No. So what I've done is I've gotten together a few clues about the couple. Uh, so Chantel, I don't know if, if, you're, if your love light is strong tonight. <laughs> That's nice. That's romantic, actually. <laughs> okay, so I can reveal this couple got together in the magical romantic year of 1964. Oh, fuck. Okay. So let me rejig your memory to help you, you know, get to the space. It's 1964. Elizabeth Taylor has married Richard Burton for the first time. Ian Smith has become president of Rhodesia. And my fair lady is top of the box office, but that's not what we care about because... Yeah, it really isn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
is so obvious, by the really way. Really fucking even get from that. I don't. I don't think you get it. We all. Well, our parents all remember where they were when Ian Smith became prime minister of Rhodesia. Anyway, what we care about is something in the way this beauty moved that made his heart skip a beat. There was okay. nothing quiet about this swinging love affair. Okay, something in the way. That's that song. And that's... Okay, which one is it, though? Is it Clapton? Who did something in... The, who, oh, no, that's... Um, no, it's... What should we call it? It's... it's What's his name? It's one of the Beatles, isn't it? Is it one of the Beatles? You can nod. Yeah, it's not yeah, even... Yeah, I think it's one of the Beatles. One of, one of the is, Beatles. is it George Harrison? Correct. George Harrison did something in the way. Sorry, I was get that. I was get him and Eric Clapton and the guy from another band confused. <laughs> the guy, all those English white dudes and all the fucking same. Uh, who the fuck was George Harrison with? Christ, he had fun ones as well. Did he? Was it the blonde woman who ended up dating someone? The woman who dated the person after him? She would make a great postman. What? <laughs> she? Oh, name, that's, that's not a good clue. <laughs> Thank you, Amy. I was wondering if I was being fake. Amy, can you give me a good clue for her name? What is her fucking uh, name? Or at least like in the Oh, oh I don't know. I immediately can't think of a clue at all. Um, if you don't get it, well, if I you get her. this, if you get this, you should give yourself a pat on the back. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> her name is not Pat, is it? Is, oh, it is Penny, Penny, Penny Boyd. Yeah. Boyd, Penny Boyd, Penny Boyd and George Harrison. That oh was like general knowledge and charades in I was one. like, God, oh, that took so long. I'm, so, I'm Hopefully that hopefully will be edited down to me just going, Penny Boyd and George Harrison. <laughs> just be edited now down I understand how the podcast works. <laughs> I'll just cut that down. Yeah. Bloody hell, we got there. This is a good one, though, Amy. Oh, I like really? this one. It's Patty especially. Gorge. There's a lot wow. to do with Patty. She has a lot. But it's okay. quite fun to research, right? Like, I know I keep trying to your life, but I keep trying to tell growing it up. I don't know. She's the only one doing it. I do feel a bit guilty. Yeah, how did you pick it that way round? It's like, I'll do some work, and someone's like, I'll do nerd work. Exactly. That just happened. She, we were meant to swap it every week, and then said, Oh, let's just keep it this way. And I remember saying, Are are you sure? That means you're doing a lot of work here. But it seems to be the way it is. I ain't complaining. No. And Um, I have the stress of now I have have to try and think of all the things I know about Patty Boyd in the space of like five minutes. So, growing But it's not as stressful though is it it's not as stressful now it's just me trying to make myself feel better so first of all amy when we asked you to be in this podcast why was that the first relationship that popped into your head why do you think you were like i need to talk about these crazy kooks i don't know any modern celebrity couples and i went so it didn't immediately pop into my head i googled loads of couples from like I don't know. I just googled couples. So many websites that are like, or like pages or whatever. They're like, I understand that I sound about seventy and luddite, <laughs> but they're like, oh, celebrity breakups, celebrity couples from the past. There's so many, and I didn't care about anyone. And then I was like, I need to tap into an obsession of mine. And then, then I remembered that I was really fascinated by them, and I've. Re- it's been a resurgence this weekend. I've been really. really Why? Yeah. Why were you so fascinated by them? I. It's not a cool and original thing to say, but I think I was quite obsessed with the Beatles growing up. Like I had Beatles mania and like not in the nineties. Yeah. Know, <laughs> like I finally got it a bit decades too late. Patty Boyd's just quite interesting because obviously she's had all these hits written about her, and everyone's like, "What an amazing muse." And then whenever I thought about it, now that I'm a bit older and I like to think wiser, like I'm a wiser woman, realising that, like, she's kind of famous for just being really pretty. And whenever anyone talks about a muse, it just means pretty woman. That's all it means. And it's kind of fucked up. (laughs) She has, like, quite a um, sad life. And that just interests me. That's not a cool answer. I wish it was like the oh the parties. That's my answer. Actually. <laughs> there we go. Scrap, the parties. Scrap the stuff about like the patriarchy. The parties sounded very fun. And when you were a teenager, which of the Beatles like was George your favorite, or which was your favorite? Be- this is, I mean, what what a topic. Which is your favorite Beatle girl? I know. It's like, and we've got these Spice Girls after. Um, <laughs> when I was younger, it was George. So I think that's why I got into that story. But it was because when I was younger, it was very important to me to be a bit different. And now I'm like, come on, obviously Paul, like. <laughs> Don't just give in. Like, just <laughs> yeah. relax into Paul. It's not going to be... Why would it be George? 
but that's why yeah I like yeah accept it I think I was the same what about yours no I think I was the exact same I was like oh actually actually I think George is the cutest (laughs) yeah and now I'm looking at him like oh Paul George had like a resurgence though in the 90s there was something about George Harrison in the 90s the girls that were actually trying to be different were the ones that were into Ringo those ones like I'm really different I'm into Ringo but that was like yeah but people actually come around to Ringo more now because I think Ringo's the funniest one but George, I remember in the 90s, was like, that was all the indie, like, sensitive. All the boys that were into, like, Britpop and indie shit, they Ooh, were all, yeah. like, George was the fucking yeah. king. They did not want Paul. And John Lennon was too fucking obvious and had been taken by all the yeah. 80s assholes. So George was, like, the guy that left those kind of the sensitive, cool one. That was, like, secretly the most talented and all that. So... I don't think it was just you girls. He was, like, he was the one in the 90s. Maybe he's always the one for that sort of age and that kind of, that, that kind of person. He was I big. also think if you're saying, hey, you're basically saying, Amy, you thought you were original, but you were so basic. And that makes sense. Like, that's spot on. It's 100% what happened. I believe you. Let's go back in time. Go back in time. Woo-hoo-hoo. To the early 60s. So we meet Patty Boyd. She comes from, I think, quite like a relatively privileged background. Um, she, mm. I think her, her dad was in the Air Force. She boarded at a school in Nairobi. And this is crazy. During a half-term break, she returned home and discovered that her parents were divorced. Which I think was just something that maybe rich people did in the yeah, 50s. It's very rich folk, isn't she, it? She discovered her parents were divorced. Many years later, she then discovered she had half-sisters through her dad's second marriage. So I'm, what I'm, I'm building a picture of maybe somebody who wasn't brought up with the most like robust self-esteem and mm-hmm. framework for how healthy relationships work. George Harrison, meanwhile, was born in Liverpool. Not many people know that. Wow. <laughs> North of England. <laughs> He's from a little town, Liverpool, and he was like an adored child. Like apparently he was like a real mother's boy. She absolutely worshipped him. Patty said of their relationship, all she wanted was for her children to be happy. And she recognised that nothing made George quite as happy as making music. Now, what I forgot to mention is obviously what all our listeners are wondering what about their star signs? I do love to hear this part from you, Grania. Well, weirdly enough, they're both Pisces. Does that but mean if, something? Is that good? What's what is, the what significance? <laughs> I don't know. I, I was like, oh, <laughs> If they were twins, that would be significant. <laughs> that would be, be significant. Like, yeah. okay, now I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now I'm in. Yeah. Uh, so Pisces, apparently, this is a bittersweet 75% match. Oh, 75% wow. love match. They, it, they say at first glance, they might be the perfect couple but when we scratch the surface we might see they have real trouble getting closer to each other they need to stay in the bubble of emotional perfection and their fear of bursting this bubble is what requires them to deal with the reality of life well Two that dreamers. always makes keep shagging her but okay, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll blame it on the stars this time yeah sure. that's the only reason really look the stars are in control of all of this there's only so much that we can do so they meet in 1964 on the set of a little talking picture called A Hard Day's Night. <laughs> she had one line on it and apparently afterwards she says he told her that when he met her for the first time, he asked her to marry him, but she doesn't remember it. But apparently he did. Oh my God. Wasn't she That's- one of those women who was like proposed to by every boyfriend she had? They, they all asked her to marry them like just relentlessly but don't you think that like that's just a drunk creepy old man's thing to say like you know like at 3am when you're stumbling home and somebody's like marry me and and you don't that's always the thing like you don't do it right yeah have you ever had anyone they propose to like on a first date in that in any way no not seriously but even in Do you know, my dad way. proposed to my mom on the second day. Whoops. <laughs> That's romantic. Second date is enough. She said no. Like, you know, okay. she's not an idiot. <laughs> but that was sort of a relatively similar. Maybe this is just what they did. And like, I guess back then, then they yeah, maybe it's a trend. Well, back then they moved to marriage was not, they, they had to, they all, they all got married at like 21 in the 60s. You know, everyone just got married. Yeah. Marriage is just like what you did when you turned, when you weren't a teenager anymore, which is bonkers now. But yeah, I guess really attracted wedding proposals. Yeah. She's very pretty. She's very, very pretty girl. Pretty. So they meet. He 
proposes under his breath. She didn't hear it, but he does loud enough ask her out, but she has a boyfriend. So she says, no. But then a week later, they have to do some retakes of their scene. And in that week, she has broken up with her boyfriend. Classy. Well, I like the way you work, Patty. I'm into her so far. I'm looking up a picture of her that came. I don't remember her being this goddamn pretty. <laughs> She's also like very young, right? She must have been like 18 or something. Yeah. yeah how old is she here, Grania? So she, she looks like born, a child. She was born in 44. She's 20. She's about oh, 19, God, she 20. So she, um, she's now single. So George asks her out again. I can't confirm. She said she's yes. And then their first date, they go for dinner at the Garrick Club with Brian Epstein. Oh. As their wingman. It's all happening. So they start going out and, you know, this is swinging 60s. She's like gorgeous. She's like a Beatles girlfriend. She's got it all. She's got, like, Amy, what can you imagine? What do you imagine a night out? Imagine if George and Patty were like, Amy, do you want to head out tonight? What do you oh imagine? What, I, what would that be like? Do you know what was weird about that time was the cool part of town was the west side, like the west end. So you'd be in like, Chelsea. I mean, if you ever now wanted to know what was hip, the last place you'd go would be Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah. By the time all the cool kids were on the King's Road, so you'd be probably hanging out with your friends some apartment there and then sorry flat you flat in the west end mm. and then you'd go and see some bands and then like it would get raucous at someone's country house that's what i imagine yeah and everyone would be or maybe that's a bit early but people would be about to be all swapping partners yeah so you things would be to... getting heady heady yeah i thought this was so funny this was she described her first encounter with lsd she said the couple's dentist secretly laced his guest coffee with the drug during a dinner party then she was getting ready to leave uh, he told them oh i spiked your drink and he tried to persuade them to stay and then outside patty got into a real agitated state and threatened to break a shop window but george harrison pulled her away later when patty and george and the rest of the beatles were in a lift they mistakenly believed it was all on fire Wait, I think, wait, so they were at a party from their dentist. First of all, who parties with their dentist? Like, Jesus because Christ, get dentist, some cooler friends. Their dentist was always, like, messing with them. Sorry to, like, embellish this, but she writes what? about this, like... What? What is this? They're taking out they didn't go dentist. back, apparently. I wonder why. That's so... That's crackers. It's so crazy. This gives you... Already, dentist giving you coffee with stains your teeth. He's doing a bad yeah. job. And then just laced with LSD, not even telling her after. The, this is horrible. Oh, it's all, already, I'm worried about little Patty. This isn't going well. And now she's being drugged without her consent. Yep. And then go into a That's lift That's the 60s, fire. baby. That's okay, yeah, get with it. It's the 60s. Get so. with it. It's the 60s. Yeah, whatever. That's what Dennis were like. So they get married. And this is quite, compared to how quickly celebrity couples get married, they did wait two years before they got married. That which is long. Is like, for the 60s. Yeah. I think in those days, getting married was just like sharing your Netflix password. Yeah. That's just was. So they got married January, or no, yeah, January 21st, 1966. Well, Paul McCartney as the best man. Cute. Patty says about the relationship the Beatles had that the four Beatles had a bond that neither she or any other of the wives could penetrate. So they were a real wolf pack. Could be a bit, a bit difficult. Um, she, her and George went on a date to watch Frank Sinatra record a song. It turned out the song he was recording was My Way. And she sang on the Yellow Submarine. So she is having a bloody great time. Oh, she's really living a lot. She's still like 21 at this point. Yeah, 21. Lots of fun, blah, blah, blah. And then I really did have to break this down into like periods. Like then we are now entering the Patty George Eric part one period. Right, okay. So George becomes friends with Eric Clapton, who he nicknames Clappers. They become really close friends and Eric Clapton very quickly gets a crush on our heroine, Patty Boyd. He fancies her so much that he starts dating her sister just to get closer to her. Oh, her poor sister. Imagine being that sister, finding this out. You only dated me to get close to my sister. Oh, that's so horrible. So while this is all going on, 
George Harrison, obviously, he's like the biggest pop, one of the biggest pop stars in the whole world. He's gotten all this female attention. He's taking loads of drugs and he's getting massively into transcendental meditation. I mean, who wasn't? It's was the 60s back then. Come on. So I don't know if he was always very present for poor old Patty. Mm. She's vulnerable. She is vulnerable. Eric Clapton notices that and he goes Ooh. in for the kill. In 1970, he invites Layla round to his house. And he says, here, there's a song that I want you to hear. God. He starts playing her Layla. And while he's playing it, he just like stares at her. Oh, God, that's the worst. <laughs> it's run, so Patty, creepy. Run. Oh, God. They oh, expect him to throw flower, like rose petals at her face. After. It's not nice. There must have been like, there was one girl one time at one party in like 1942 and one guy sang to her like this and she loved it. And now we've all had to pay for this one girl's <laughs> mistake because that guy just told every guy he met and now oh. every man thinks there's nothing girls like more than serenading them while looking them in the mm. eyes and they have nowhere to go. It's the worst. Don't drop eye contact. <laughs> no, it's the worst. Intimidate her into stare. submission. God, it's horrible. Like, I can't even handle, you know, when somebody um, says, oh, there's a sketch, there's a YouTube sketch really want you to watch. It's really funny. Like, oh, even I that tension of watching yeah. it while they're watching looking it, at me no. is too much. Lucky Captain is a good, it's a cracking song. It's a cracking song. <laughs> but most of the time, men playing a song for Anyways, a Anyways, there's a good point here. It's a shit song. And that yeah. is hell. And it, we've all had men sit down with a guitar in a romantic situation or not and play something they've written and it's hell oh, and it's God, hell and, you. and I will never sit someone down and go I'm going to read you my writing now no. and I'm not going to somehow maintain like drop eye contact <laughs> That I don't know how we do that but I would never do that because I'm not that egocentric or if I am I go know how to hide it I just pictured her in this huge mansion this empty mansion with just her and Clapton the sound of his guitar echoing off the walls and she's just sat there probably freezing cold as well because boys always have cold houses and oh mm. God this is horrible. Anyways, go on. So he plays this great so song, he, but in the worst way possible. And what, so does that, she fall for it? <laughs> well, well, and the thing is, he's not just using music to try and woo her. Oh, no. He's turned to the dark side as well. He went to a witch doctor. What? Did he get like a voodoo doll of George Harrison? He went to a witch doctor and he got given love potion number nine. Shut your face. Which he was told that. would make... Patty leave George for him. Wow. What? We know it worked in the long run, so I've got to I get mean, myself some potion, really. Yeah. Maybe this is evidence. Maybe we're burying the lead. Yeah. <laughs> it should really be about love potions work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? So Goodness. Which doctor, doctor gave him a small box of woven straw? He was to carry it in his pocket. Oh, my God. There was a ritual that would cast a necessary spell that would make his dreams come true. And then the next time they saw each other was a couple of weeks later when Eric Clapton and Patty Boyd both attended the first night of the musical Oh Calcutta. Okay, that's odd. (laughs) (laughs) So Harrison chose to stay at home rather than go to the musical. but But for some reason felt compelled at the last minute to attend the after party. Little did he know what was going to be he was going to be confronted with and upon arrival. He came up to us, Boyd recalled, and asked what was going on. And Eric said, to my horror, I have to tell you, man, that I'm in love with your wife. Oh my wow. god, this is so dr- I love this. This is such a soap opera, Amy. Thank you so much. This is the most drama so You're far. So this is amazing. Welcome. Can I add some flavour? Yes, just yes. by saying like the Beatles were like, hey, guess what? We're not into segregation. We're not going to play segregated venues. We're into the civil rights movement. And then like Eric will come on and just be so racist on stage oh. and be like, the country needs to get whiter. I love Enoch Powell. And then like, here it came on the once oh as a detour God. and was like, I don't do drugs anymore. He's like, I found racism now and it's way heavier. That's a quote. Like, Eric Clapton's bad. He's never apologized for that. Oh my god, and I'm just saying, I mean, Patty Boyd is like, she couldn't get more Caucasian. Like, she is like yeah. blue white. She's the Aryan. He's <laughs> gone for Jesus. the most Aryan girl ever. And she's not to blame for that. That's not she's her fault, not... but it's all, yeah, it's, yeah. It's all just but adding like, up. I mean, I was already out with the serenading. You haven't got to convince me, Amy. I was out. The serenading, I was done with him. 
we haven't even got to the worst part. Oh, geez, Louise. Oh, my God. Because later, I'm, I'm, the t- I, I'm struggling to get this so much. I'm struggling to get the dates. But I think this was around this time. There was a party. There are only four people at this party. That's not a party. No. <laughs> not a party, by the way. <laughs> it became one of the most like infamous nights in guitar history. Because at this little <laughs> mini party, George... Patty, Eric, and the actor John Hurt was there. Oh my god, okay. The elephant man is involved. The elephant man's here. So they were at a party and Harrison, George Harrison and Eric Clapton staged a guitar duel oh to god. win Patty Boyd. Oh god, by the way, can I just say, I've met uh, John Hurt, lovely Ooh. man, very much a thespian not an actor, you know what I mean? Yeah. So an evening of John Bloody Hurt, George Harrison, Eric Clapton, oh, no. I would jump out the fucking window. Honestly, I would do anything to that. Be- and then they do a guitar duel. Oh, guitar Jesus, duel. get the dicks out, I'll measure them. Bloody uh, hell, this is a horrible. So let me set the scene. Uh, John Hurt said, it was extraordinary. The air was electric. <laughs> Nobody dared say a word. He said he tried to leave, but George insisted he stayed. Patty said, George handed Eric a guitar the way an 18th century gentleman would hand his rival a sword. Men have been shit for so long. That's what <laughs> I'm hearing, like, consistently Amy, bad. Do you get the feeling that Patty is, like, into this? Like, you and I, like, this is hellish. I feel like she's loving this shit. The serenading, this dual crap. There was this girl when I was at school and these two guys fought, like, had a fight over her at house party. I'll never forget. I mean, she was, like... 15 or whatever she was just like stop it oh my god like guys and she was that was the best day of her life and it this was like the pinnacle because two men were like oh who are so famous for playing the guitar are fighting that like showing up they're just showing like, off feathers everywhere over your affection because you're so pretty it's just like the craziest and she's a model as well so it's been pretty is everything I bet she loved it. I think she loved it. So John Hurt said he didn't think it was a fair fight because he thinks that George handed Eric an inferior guitar and amp. The duel lasted two hours. (gasps) Two hours? Are you two hours? Men are so arrogant. Like, that is not a fun time. Two that is so long. Your only companies, John, Elephant Man, her, probably reading you fucking Shakespearean sonnets the whole time. A T.S. Eliot or some crap. Oh, it's about what an amazing man Hemingway was. Oh, God, Patty. No, nobody was allowed to speak. Nobody was allowed to speak. This was two hours of the oh, Julie Banjos. Patty Boyd's sister dodged a bullet, mate. <laughs> I'm suddenly like, she's the hero of the story. Oh, my God. Oh, this is horrific. So two hours, only trading looks, no speaking allowed, in front of a trading roaring fire. Looks. Trading <laughs> looks! <laughs> and then at the end, nothing was said, but the general feeling, according to our reporter, John Hurt, was that Eric had won. That he had won. <laughs> oh, How do God. you judge that? Like, How did oh. you judge that? So even though he had won the guitar off... Patty still didn't want to leave. She loved George. So Eric said to her, if you don't leave George and be with me, I'm going to take so much heroin, I'm going to die. Oh, God. That to me is the worst bit. Don't leave me or I'll kill myself. Oh, Jesus. He's like, in his, how old was Eric Clapton at this point, by the way? It's in my I mind. He's like 30s. born 48. Like, how old I is he? I think he's late time? 30s at this point. Late 30s. Yeah, or maybe mid. I think, in fairness, they're all like late 20s. Because you know Um, how in the past you think everybody's a grown-up and then you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Winston Churchill was like 20 when he became PM. (laughs) Really? No, no, no. But he might as well have been. I was like, God, that guy drank a lot. (laughs) He really did. He looked 80, always. So Eric exits the stage. He's He's gone. To go do heroin. Dot, no, dot, dot. Do, to do heroin. To do yeah, heroin. he just does heroin for I'm three years. I'm going to do heroin now. I'm so I'm going to do heroin, but I'll see you after. <laughs> <laughs> so, Patty and George, they're fine. Eric's gone. Surely their troubles are over. Except in 1971, Ringo is having a party at his house with his wife, Maureen, 
And we're just right in front of everybody. Oh, so apparently, so Maureen is hanging around loads with George Harrison because she's like, oh, I love meditating. Oh, let's meditate together. And Patty is getting suspicious. She's like, okay. mm, nobody likes meditating that much. And then... Or much. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we all then, try, but... <laughs> George says to Ringo, you know, Ringo, I'm in love with your wife. Oh, so George is now George, in love with Maureen. George is in love with... Maureen and he right. says this in front of Ringo and Patty like they're just like sitting there having fish and chips and he says you know I'm in love with your wife so he just stole Eric Clapton's he line he just stole basically. the line yeah yeah weeks later Patty Boyd arrives home and finds George Harrison in bed with Maureen God, they don't waste any time do they um, jeez so George was best man at Ringo and Maureen's wedding oh my goodness I mean, this is all great stuff this is great stuff I'm loving this. So, uh, obviously, Patty's really upset. So she tries to get back at George by doing the one thing she knew would really... Well, two things that would really annoy him. One, she started modelling again because, like, you know, all the the Beatles, they were actually like, oh, like, my wife just isn't yeah, allowed to have a life so yeah. here. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So she starts modelling again. And then, <laughs> enter our next character, Ronnie yep. Wood. <laughs> Oh, God, Patty. <laughs> like, with all of this, like, it's a lot of drama. And I just oh, think, yeah. you know, when you're in your 20s, especially, it's like, oh, my God, it's so much yeah. drama. Oh. All these men love me. Oh, my God. We all love a bit of drama, don't we? Yeah, even if you don't want to admit it, in your 20s, especially, it's like a bit of fun. But this is all a bit intense. <laughs> it involves, like, so many people that know each other. Like, spread it out a bit, Patty. <laughs> like, we want to have different pastures. So it um, just gets worse, really. <laughs> so, in her words, this is how this is how Ronnie describes it. So now our narrator is Ronnie Wood. One night, I took George aside and told him that it was time for bed, and I would be going to Patty's room. Why do they all just talk to you? They're like, who are these men? Are <laughs> so I'm, I'm in love with your wife. I'm begging your wife. It's such a weird thing. They all just tell each other. I mean, I will say one thing: they are somehow deceitful and painfully honest at the same time. It's really yeah. weird. It's like the you know when everyone talks about like the swinging sixties and like free love and and everyone's like, wow, fantastic era. But actually, it's like sounds shit because it's yeah, just it's really like dank. everyone's sleeping with your partner. And then kind mm. of, and there's no one safe. Like Patty and Maureen were friends and they'd known each mm. other for so long. She's like, I love meditating, so I'm going to with your husband. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So um, uh, Ronnie said, so he says to uh, George, I'm, I'm going to sleep with your wife tonight. He said, seemingly unflustered, he pointed to the room my wife, Chrissy, was in and was saying, well, I shall be sleeping there then. God, the women just have like zero agency in any of these nice. conversations. Yeah. It's just men saying, especially cavemen walking around saying, wife, mine, tonight. That's it's so bizarre. Do any of the women enjoy any of these any of these passionate affairs where they just kind of told which bedroom to go into that night, which brunette, white, smelly guitar man to go sleep with that night? And also, who's doing all the sheets? Right? Uh, like, oh, a, you know I it's mean, not the men. You know it's not them. So it's around this time that Eric returns. And he's this been, is where... Yeah. Sorry, go on. No, were you going to say where he's been? No, you... Because I, I... To be honest, I... Researching this was a bit like it's, War of the Roses, but with more yeah, STDs. Roses. We had that with it's Marianne a lot, and It's a lot of information. I don't know why I know so much of it, but he basically has this, like, manor house or whatever. And this woman who's an aristocrat, they just take heroin for, like, three years. And then if they get him out... And they're like, no, we do need Clapton. We wheel him off. She's ha- she's in charge of like supporting his drug habit while he's away, and then she dies of an overdose. But she's just oh no, she's, she's just, just I don't, who even is she? Yeah, she's called Alice oh, something double barreled. Mm. Anyway, poor Alice. It's it's no wonder the Beatles hated Yoko Ono. Can you imagine how different? Like they're used to just like, who am I sleeping with tonight? Yeah, and Yoko Ono is like sort of placid, women. So powerful. Yeah, yeah, she's like, turn up the bass on this record. <laughs> Linda McCartney was cool. Like she was around at the time before Linda. This is so embarrassing. All this. Paul was with Jane Asher. She's legit. She's so successful still. Like, there were these women who were around who had careers and would go on to have longevity. It's just not the ones I picked to talk about. <laughs> I just think, do you know what it is? I think there's a, like, there's a whole generation of, like, women who are in the 60s, but they still have the mind, they still have that real 
40s 50s mindset because mm. that's what they were brought up with yeah. so I think it was really difficult for them because they were brought up to just like get married have kids get married have kids a very sheltered idea of what to expect for their life so they yeah. had no coping mechanisms whatsoever they just they they were so innocent I think well, yeah. so Eric returns and, you know, things aren't working out well with George and they split. They are finally divorced in 1976. So we always ask, ask our guests this. Um, Amy, mm. why do you think it didn't work? <laughs> uh, which bit was the bit that uh, these crazy kids just working out? <laughs> it's weird because... I was rereading a bit of her memoir, like to prep for this, and there's this really sad bit where this he turns up at the house. He's always bringing women back, and this one was really beautiful, and she's American and like very glamorous. And Patty immediately knows that he wants to sleep with her if he isn't already. But they couldn't help but become friends. But she didn't trust her, so one day they went out shopping, and she was like, "Listen, please don't sleep with George because." I can't be friends with you. And the woman chooses her over George. So oh, she pushes away his advances and she's, and they're still friends. God, the bar is so low that we're all like really moved by the story of a friend just not sleeping with her mate's husband. I know. Like, and she clearly like, came oh, so to sleep with her. Yeah. Like, how big of her to do that? Amazing. Like, wow. like, female friendship back then was pretty fucking <laughs> fragile. <laughs> Jesus. It's developed since. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets back together with, or she gets back together with Eric, and then she says her and Eric's first Christmas together, first Christmas lunch together, George bursts in, uninvited. It's like Big and Aiden. Harrison even performs at her wedding to Eric Clapton. Can I say, actually, can I say that from what I understand, George was very nice after the breakup. Like, he did beg for her back and he was sad, but he sent them notes, like, saying... I am happy for you and stuff. Mm. He, oh, I, God. I think he fell in love quite quickly, like, go him. <laughs> but I do think he handled it kind of well. Like, yeah. the guy who got his dick out to do a duel is, yeah. like, <laughs> actually kind of well-behaved. Really chivalrous in the end. Yeah. So she, she's with Eric. He writes, wonderful tonight, bet her. She subsequently, because the marriage isn't successful, obviously, she later suspects that Clapton's pursuit of her when she was married to Harrison, was just because he ha- he was so competitive with George Harrison. I think he was quite jealous because George Harrison was in the Beatles, and that's like a level of like music legend that he, no matter how many songs, he would never be a Beatle. So I think he was always very competitive mm. with George. So that she thinks that's why he was. Like, she was obsessed. just the trophy he stole from yeah. from George. So Boyd left Clapton in 87, divorced him in 89 because of his alcoholism and various affairs. Um, And she says afterwards, I always thought I'd get back with Eric. I'd go to shops and they'd be playing Eric's music about me and tears would start to flow. And I realised I was grieving not just the loss of my marriage to Eric, but the loss of my marriage to George. I had gone straight from George to Eric without taking a breath. And I had always wondered if I had done the right thing. Thank you, Mac. And there's been nothing for her since? So she goes, she gets together with a Rod Weston, who's a property developer. He was nine years younger than her. So he like, really cool. idolised her. And she felt, because her self-esteem was really low, because she was like getting older. She wasn't this like angelic muse anymore. And he was like, oh my God, you're incredible. You're beautiful. How old is she at this point? She met him in 91, so she'd be maybe in her 50s, maybe oh, early okay. 50s. Okay. And then she seems to have found real happiness with him. And then this, I think, is fabulous. She described sort of uh, the, the last time she was with George and Eric, so they're all together. They were at a party at Roger Taylor of Queen's house. Right. I sat next to George And I said, God, George, Eric is being so weird. He's hardly said hello to me. And then me, me and George had a great laugh. And then when Eric was leaving, George said, Eric, bye man, why aren't you going to say goodbye to Patty? And I realised that after giving up all the drugs and alcohol, Eric had become a very different person. Maybe he'd always been shy. The alcohol was a prop, but he wasn't the vivacious man I'd known. It must have been nice to go, oh, he's actually really boring. Oh, 
I haven't actually missed out on anything here. He's just, he was just famous, and I kind of maybe was dazzled by the lights of that for a bit, and now meeting him at a party sober, he's this dull old man. It's awful, yeah. Mm. So, Amy, because, you, you know, you work in a creative field, yeah, and you've, you know, I think, like, both of us, all three of us gals, oh my God, we've all, yeah. like, been with, like, comedians and people who are creative, and then... The same, same mistakes, guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I barely slept with all the same people. That's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> So she finally found happiness, like real stability with somebody who wasn't in, who wasn't like a creative genius who was just like really nice to her. Like, do you think, is it hard like going out with creative people or when you go out with people who aren't magical geniuses, are they less hard work? I think that the creativity isn't the issue. I think it's ego. So a lot of creatives are very egocentric and when you add in straight masculinity, that's really problematic. Mm -hmm. Like, my creative friends, a lot of us are with people who are like, oh, yeah, this is my, like, I'm really into this. Like, I am an artist or I'm creative, but I, it's not all about me. And that's the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Go with the drummer, not the lead singer. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Speak from experience. Oh, my God. My boyfriend actually does play the drums, but he's not, like, in a band or anything like that anymore. But my the boyfriend ba- is it's the a drummer bit. and it's the best. It's the best. Go for the drummers, wow. girls. Hang on a second. Look at us. Oh, my <laughs> God, God, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> So we find there's the same guy. Basically, oh, very cool. The, the He's great. Like, tell him I said hi. <laughs> you both got your Ringo star. That's yeah. right. You both got the Ringo. That's what we all deserve. He, he, want, he submitted assholes. to stuff as well. Like, yeah, no one's no one does well from that. You don't time, want let's be too much. Mm. I think with the Beatles, you don't want too much light on the magic, do you? Yeah, you want to just. Yeah, it's good to keep it. It's good to keep it a bit surface. Just listen yeah. to music, enjoy it, and move on. Yeah, a little bit of Vaseline over the screen when See? we're looking at the sixties. Good callback. Yeah. Good callback. Well done. You're welcome. Yeah. You deserve it. So, thanks. end of episode. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, so yeah. after the breakup, George gets married to record executive Olivia Arias so on the second of September. Now they both go for oh, accountant yeah. types. Yeah, crunching. So, so he gets married to her in 1978 and they have one son. She gets together, like we said, with her, you know, sensible property developer. And they still, they're really good friends. Like, I think both of them think Eric is a bit of a, mm, don't invite him so much. But the two of, them, two of them stay close, really good friends. She even goes to his son's wedding. Wow. Really, oh, they're all really cute. close. And then, sadly, when he dies in 2001, spoiler alert, she, she was asked how she felt and she said, I regret allowing myself to be seduced by Eric and I wish I had been stronger. I believed marriage was forever and when things were going wrong between George and me, I should have gritted my teeth and worked through them. God, she really hasn't learned very much, has she? No, <laughs> it's not, not the right take, Patty. She's really not the right take, Patty. He cheated on it's you loads, love. He passed you around to his mates and cheated on you loads. <laughs> so this is, we come to the big question. <laughs> the yeah. big question. It could go either way. <laughs> Who knows? So in the big mm. breakup between George Harrison and Patty Boyd, mm. which would you think thrived? And who ah. just survived? I think this is an easy. <laughs> hmm. Well, one is dead. <laughs> I suppose there's that. I suppose there's that. So technically, but I think he came off better. I think he had a better ride. Yeah, yeah. just a bit. I mean, he was George Harrison in the Beatles. The man's in like the He's George Harrison in the Beatles. And he moved on and found love and mm. had a kid. She couldn't have kids, so she was always oh, trying. Did she want kids and couldn't she have She wanted them. kids mm. with both, but she, oh, she that's couldn't. Sad. Um, that explains why she then, went to his wedding. And also those good looks gone. Those jeans down the drain. I know. Yeah. Um, so I think he did better. And just anyone who then has that relationship with Eric Clapton, it's just brutal. I mean, she yeah, the biggest loser is definitely Eric Clapton. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think... Listening to all that with about Patty, the little tour of her life, the magical mystery tour. <laughs> Imagine if I just did loads of Beatles quotes and know, you realise like realize. Amy's the newest person I've ever met. Why did you get her on? I think that Patty is interesting because she's a victim. By the way, I think it's about to be really boring. She's a victim of the patriarchy. Obviously, she's treated like shit by these men who are in it. But she's also one of the few female beneficiaries of it because she's very young and beautiful for quite a long time, which is means she gets all the things, right? Like, we're mm-hmm. all judged for youth and beauty, and she actually has that, so she does well. And then 
ultimately suffers from it again. But it's quite interesting because she's so beautiful, she gets all these rewards that she hasn't really earned in any way. Mm. Her, and her life is so exciting and fun, but ultimately it catches up with her and she's... But I mean, really she turned out all right. Like, she did pretty... Is she, like, settled? She's, she, she was never at any point... Was she, like, destitute or any point? No, or? no, no. I mean, there's no Marianne Faithful there's episode no Mar- here. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. Was ever her sat no. in a wall in a bomb site type situation? <laughs> and None she, of that. She had a rough few years, the Eric years, obviously, but she now um, is really big in photography and she has exhibitions all over the world. And in an interview, she says she never looks back. She doesn't believe in nostalgia. She's really excited about her life now. And she's got lots of new, exciting things that are really giving her joy. And she feels such excitement about it. That's great. And and, and and like Amy said, she got all that. Like even her ability to like get into photography... So yeah, you are right. She benefited in many ways from it, as awful as it may have been for her. And she was also like quite a snob. Like she was really used to like a nice lifestyle and was really like rude about even the working class background of the Beatles. She like, it's, it's, I think it's fascinating. I think they're a fascinating couple. They're not, they're not a couple that you want to be, but you kind of want to hang out with them for a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like one of those arguing, dramatic couples. You're like, oh God, it's something like hell, but also it'll be fun for a night out because you yeah. never know what they're going to do that night. Yeah. What kind of big fight they're going to get into and stuff. Yeah. But like most things in life, it's all fun until somebody pulls out an acoustic guitar. <gasps> oh, as always. Oh my God. Don't you think that like there's nothing that kills a night out quicker than someone giving themselves permission to jam? No, I cannot imagine if like one of us like got a mic out was like, I'm going to do a few jokes. Like really just just... everyone's having a good time. And then you like, no, 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 (laughs) I'm going to just do a bit. I mean, you guys, guys, I just found a few new jokes. Let me just run them past you. Okay. So just imagine. Can you kill the music? Turn the lights up. (laughs) Yeah. Turn the lights up. Yeah. I want to see everyone. (laughs) Can you want to get in line? No, no. I want to see all your faces get in line so I can really see you all. Thanks. Thanks. Can you just... Sorry, I know. Can you just? Oh, <laughs> God. And um, Amy, ah. before we go, we have a yeah. question. And if you if you've heard some of our episodes, you might have guessed what the question is. But Chantel, do you want to pose the question yes, over time? Yes, we do. The question the question we ask every guest we have on to try and find love for one of our favorite women in the whole world who has never found a man up to her standards to us. We, as we always say, don't think she needs anyone. We just think she deserves to be loved, as does everyone. As Grania likes to point out, man or woman, genderless, non-binary, the choice is yours. But who do you think is up to the levels of the one, the only, Cher? I don't know who I like. <gasps> oh, Am I allowed to pair her with Paul McCartney or Ringo? Oh, yes, you can. That's very on topic. I mean, I think they're both in relationships, but we do we mind? That's irrelevant. It's Cher. Yeah, it's Cher. Okay, I'm going to put her with Paul because I think Paul's a little bit more political to my knowledge. She's always tweeting about like Trump and everything like that. She is, yeah. She's very much Uh, so. Mm -hmm. if, If also, I think Paul McCartney is a good guy. So I think they would be a good couple. And then he would look after her. But also, for us, the papers would go wild. Yes, they would. Cher and Paul McCartney, we would need that news. We've got some that bad stuff going on. That is a good couple. I like it. The equal fame. You know, she's he's not going to be threatened by her fame or money and vice versa. Right. And what I yeah. like about it is, I feel in the past, the press have done the Beatles wives a bit dirty. Yeah. You're not going to try that, that with Cher. No Cher way. Cher having that. Uh, and yeah. Right. Well, that's it. We're done, so kiddo. Thanks, guys. That was Amy, so fun. Thank you so much. So much. It Hang was on, lovely to see you as well, Gornia. Oh, I, hold on. Before we go, where can we find you? If our listeners oh, yes. want to oh, find God, you anywhere, yeah. where can we find you? I have a podcast coming out. What's it called? Um, so it's called Femmanism, and me and my friend, we play these two men. We've got our voices digitally loaded. We play two men who've just discovered feminism. They're just going to like sort it out for the gals. Sounds um, amazing. Feminism. We'll feminism. Put a link in the bio. Yeah, with Sam Martin and Jamie Hoggart. Amazing. <laughs> Love it. Thanks. Oh my God, that sounds so brilliant. It's very silly. Very oh, I hope all listeners go to check it out. Thank you. Me too. I hope to hear you all listening to our podcasts. You will. Do, I you don't know how to sign off. <laughs> Please don't use it. <laughs> 
The Way They Were is an Amanda Redman production produced by Abby Weaver and Amanda Redman. We want to hear your celebrity couple crush, so email us on thewaytheywerepod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at thewaytheywerepod and we're on Instagram at thewaytheywerepodcast. Thanks so much to Audio Boom for hosting and thanks to you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. The, the way, way they were. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.